Honourable members, honourable members, let me remind you of Rule 87. Please, I'm also worried that um, noise pollution might also affect our ears, but the so others will also get sore throat for making a lot of noise. Please, can we be spared? and allow the Premier to continue. Thank you very much. Honourable members, I must say that the crimes against women and children, the crimes against women and children, and particularly gender-based violence, is something we must confront head-on. We must also deal with that in our own families, in our own communities, confront this crime. But we need a police service better resourced and better organized to deal with this. We also need to mobilize communities, and we can report to you that the gender-based violence brigades are doing wonderful work in our communities as volunteers who are working with government to help confront gender-based violence in Gauteng. We have 30, 30 dedicated social workers who have been allocated. We have also allocated dedicated vehicles we have expanded the Green Door program in Gauteng province and the, and the homes of safety to, to ensure that there's real visible action in our communities to empower victims of gender-based violence, including reorganizing our police stations to have, to have places that are friendly to treat and work with those who are coming to report cases of gender-based violence. So there are 36 green doors across Houghton province who are addressing all these challenges together with, with our law enforcement agencies. As a result, we are now reaching 437,000 people across Houghton who, who are beneficiaries of this intervention. This is only the beginning because there are more women and there are more men and there are children in our own communities who are also victims of gender-based violence. I must add, gender-based violence is not only affecting women. Women are the primary victims of it. And the men are the perpetrators. But there are also men who are victims of gender-based violence. And that's why we need a combined effort. We need a combined effort. We need to hold hands. And we need men who can come to the fore and not just say not in our name, but practically work in all these programmatic interventions. So, honorable members, our patrollers are continuing to do work. Our CPF are continuing to do work. Our police are continuing to do work on Operation Ukaimulao. But the criminals are also continuing to do work. The criminals are getting sophisticated day in, day out. So we need a comprehensive response to deal with this. We are still committed to build the, 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 the command center, which we have, we have announced in 2019. We are still committed to build that. We are collaborating with the private sector on, on our anti-crime initiatives to make Houghton much, much safer. It is important to also report that our programs of dealing with poverty and hunger have shown significant results 
in, in helping particularly those who are hungry in our province to have some, some food on the table. We have done so over the entire pre-pandemic period as well as during the, the pandemic period in intervening to ensure people have access to food. This program is led by, by our Department of Social Development working in partnership with the NPO sector. I want to share with you the story of one NPO called Umnoto for Empowerment, which is accredited for providing youth development training funded by social development in the, in, in the informal settlement called Video in Melders Drift in the West End. Florence Sibeko, the manager of this, this NPO, says the following about what they are doing. She says, only this year we have placed more than 300 beneficiaries in the tourism sector following their completion of training offered to them here at that center. We offer life skills training, business skills, technical training, social change and entrepreneurship development. Almost all the waiters and bartenders in the lodges and restaurants in Melders Drift are trained by us. This is UMNOT and the entrepreneurs dealing with welding and plumbing around here in the area of the West Rand are also trained by us, including Cajiso, including Manseville. They are also trained. Listen to, to the, how the story continues. That over a period, Umnoto survived COVID, is training this, People in to, to, but it is also able to ensure that over 60% of them get jobs once they have completed training. So Umnoto is a primary ex example of how an NPO in the social sector can help us train, not only train, but ensure access to employment in various communities. So let's give a big round of applause to Umnoto. So, honorable members, our food security program has benefited over 2.8 million people only just during the period of COVID. Over 2.8 million people in 2020 and 2021 have benefited from our food security program. And we have worked with NGOs, faith-based organizations, businesses to ensure we expand this food security program. We have also provided school uniforms and dignity packs to, to over 39,000 young women across our province in this regard. So, honorable members, those who take it for granted that not having food on the, tab on the table, not being able to feed your children, can be a very heart-wrenching and embarrassing and heartbreaking thing. Those who, who take it for granted would not understand why this food security program is so key for millions of people in Gauteng who need government help and government intervention. So it's something we are going to expand and we will not abandon. 
Our Department of Agriculture has also been expanding its work on the development and support for small-scale food producers, including emerging farmers across Houghton Province in many respects. A total of more than 701 smallholder farmers were supported in Houghton Province, supported in various forms, working in partnership with the Canadian Chamber of Commerce in Houghton Province. And there's more work that we are doing to reach out to communities where food security is a real problem in Houghton Province. So, honorable members, it is absolutely important that the work we are doing has a full impact across, firstly, in mitigating the impact of COVID-19, but food security is also linked to the state of health and the state of well-being of people. If people don't have enough to eat, it becomes a health problem. So it is against that background that we say the healthcare sector in Gauteng carries one of the biggest burdens as the, as the biggest healthcare system in Southern Africa. It is the largest healthcare system in Southern Africa. It carries a big burden with regard to treatment of people, over, th over 30 million people across the country and Sub-Saharan Africa have access and use our public health care system. The backbone of our public health care system is, is the following. Honorable members, the clean, if you want to know in Gauteng what really works well in the health care sector, our primary health care clinics are the backbone of our public health care system. Often we look at the hospitals where there are major problems, and there are a lot of hospitals where there are major problems. There are hospitals where there's outstanding work happening there. But our primary health care clinics are doing very well. 91% of them were just assessed for 2021 in, in 2021, and 334 of those have achieved ideal clinic status. They are not assessed by us. They are assessed by national. This is a comparison across 91% of our clinics in Gauteng are performing satisfactory service. 91% of them. And there are, as I said, there are problems at different levels. Our district hospitals, as well as our tertiary hospitals and central hospitals, with those 60% of them have achieved ideal status. You can see the gap there, because a lot of those ones are faced by the following two critical challenges. The first one is the state of infrastructure. Poor maintenance of infrastructure, especially in our hospitals, is a big problem. Secondly, the second problem is they are overloaded. They have huge human resource demands. The, the number of healthcare workers versus how many people those institutions are saved, the gap is huge. So human resource is a big issue in our, in our public health care system. Infrastructure maintenance is a big issue in our health care system. It's a critical issue. And lastly, institutional instability, including leadership instability of the health care system at different levels. So we give an indication of the top 10 hospitals we identified 
where we said work must be done and what is being, has been done in this, in this work. But we must tell you that one of the biggest problems, and I'm going to come and give a report on Charlotte Matleke, one of the biggest problems is the, is the cost and how long it takes to do work on infrastructure, including the infrastructure of our public health care system. I, I have spoken about cost, cost of infrastructure before and delivery on time as the big issue that we are going to be focusing on. So, the, so we have invested in some of the infrastructure that helped us to withstand COVID-19. We have reported about that. But we must report here that we are not satisfied with the progress that we are making. And I've said since 2019, we have also appointed 33 out of 37 CEOs into the posts that exist to address the leadership issue in our healthcare system. And going back, our healthcare system also faces challenges. This is a national problem. The healthcare system is underfunded. It's a problem that everybody raises across the provinces, across the provinces. Whereas we can do everything we must with the resources we have and they must be directed to the institutions, particularly to address human resource and infrastructure maintenance. But going forward, we are also going to do things differently. We are going to do things differently, honorable members. One of those things is that we want the Department of Health to be able to maintain infrastructure, the health infrastructure itself. We want the Department of Health to be able to do maintenance of its own infrastructure. It's not only the Department of Health. There are several departments that are doing projects that are saying they can deliver their projects at cost and on time. And those departments also themselves, we would like them to prove that they can deliver their projects on cost and on time. We are not shutting down DID. We are not shutting down DID. There are interventions that we are making in DID, including, including the problems current, current investigations have led to the suspension of a large number of officials. You know, one of the important things we are also doing with DID, we, want, we are the first province to establish a Department of Infrastructure Development. You know, Honorable Damin. Now the Western Cape has just announced that they are establishing a Department of Infrastructure Development. Now others want us to disband the Department of Infrastructure. No, we will not do so. We are going to reposition. It can do everything for everybody in this world. Because if it tries to do everything for everybody, it will fail. But it can be given every project. We want to focus them on projects put them on terms, and if they don't deliver on those... We are also bringing in what we call the, the best implementing agents in our state system and in the private sector. 
And let me tell you, that's what we did at, at uh, Charlotte Matlake. We have brought in the DBSA. Firstly, we have given the Department of Health as the, as the responsible department to take up responsibility, working with National Health Department. Secondly, the DBSA is now the implementing agent to finish up Charlotte Mateke hospital refurbishment. They are doing that. We are confident they'll be able to refurbish it in the shortest space of time. They have made a commitment that they'll complete the refurbishment in 2023. But let me tell you, we are going for the rogues in, in the DID department. In our infrastructure space, the Special Investigation Unit has already identified people who must be disciplined, monies that must be recovered from service providers, and consequently those who must fail jail. Those who must face jail. That's what we, we are doing with that department. So, honorable members, I want to reassure the people of our province that interventions on healthcare and interventions on overall rollout of infrastructure development in our province is underway. And this is something that will enable us to continue to respond to COVID the way we have done and do also even much, much better. So we have a detailed report to the people of our province on the various interventions we are making across the province. I want to give an update on human settlements. In 20, since 2019, we have created 50,000 53,000 housing opportunities in Gauteng since 2019. But before 2019, between 1994 and 2019, we have created 1.3 million housing opportunities in Gauteng province. You won't see them because you are driving informal settlements. You won't see them. When we build, you create an informal settlement. When we build a big project here, you create an informal settlement. But we are also formalizing those informal settlements. We are formalizing them. Your job is to invade land and to create informal settlements. Our job is to create better infrastructure and better human settlements in Houghton province. In this report, we are giving an, an update of the projects that are on, on track. The mega human settlement projects that are on track, we are also updating that our land, land release program has already benefited 1,200 people. I know, I know you don't know Elijah Bahai. You come from the Western, but you don't know Elijah Bahai. So we have gone there to give to young people who don't qualify young professionals who don't qualify for the government subsidy, housing, government housing, we have given them land and plans, three different plans to build beautiful houses for themselves in the West Rand and in Ekuruleni. 
We have done that already in the West Rand and even in the midst of COVID-19, we have been doing that. We... Elijah Bakai, you don't know Elijah Bakai. So, honorable members, will continue to to speed up our the implementation of of our program of title deeds, and we still want to clear forty four thousand title deeds and hand them over to their the right their rightful owners in the next two years. Forty four thousand working with our municipalities, 44,000 people who have received houses need their title deeds. We will clear those. But you can't do title deeds. Mayors will know that. You cannot do title deeds on land that is not, uh, what is it called? Proclaimed. Proclaimed. The land that is not proclaimed where you have, you have occupied the land illegally, that land and even... Even, even where we, we, have, we have housing there, we have to make sure there's proclamation of land. Yeah, we know. That's your area of specialty. You occupy land illegally everywhere. So, honorable members, I would like to say that we have also released 28, 28 properties because we have a program on property release identifying government property and land to, to hand it over to particularly township businesses and black businesses that want to invest in those properties and operate their businesses. So last year we acquired 28 properties for this purpose and we are now doing, speeding up the process of releasing these properties to those who want to use them in, in Houghton province. We have upgraded 181 informal settlements and we are focusing on six hostels in Gauteng. Only six hostels will be the focus of the Gauteng provincial government. You agree, Honorable Dlamini? The Gauteng provincial government cannot be all over on the hostels. There are six hostels that are owned by the Gauteng provincial government. The upgrading of those hostels is currently underway. We are starting with bulk infrastructure. And I want to say municipalities must focus on the hostels that are owned by municipalities. There are many more hostels in our province that are owned by municipalities. So our municipalities must focus on upgrading them at the same time that we are focusing on upgrading those owned by us. I want to say to the mayors, it is absolutely important that we focus on electricity, sanitation and water supply in our province including the upgrading of roads, using the budgets that the municipalities are having and also bringing in national government departments such as water and sanitation and SOEs such as ESCOM in dealing with problems of electricity and, and water supply in our province. I want to recommit that this is the work we are going to do with our municipalities. So extensive work is being done on social co cohesion, and social cohesion is an important area of our work. We have had social dialogues in Houghton province to foster social cohesion. We have also provided support to 2,984 artists and sports practitioners who were affected by COVID-19. 2,900 of, of them were supported by the provincial government 
uh, during the most difficult time of COVID. And the national government's program also benefited a lot of Houteng artists. I also want to say to you, honorable members, we have legends and very successful sportsmen and women in our province and artists who are here. Please join me in welcoming our legend, Don Laka, who has joined us here today. Uh, Ubra Don is there at the back. Uh, there's, uh, there's Ama Piano. Ama Piano is a genre that comes originally from Gauteng. They are the Ama Piano young people who are here. Where are you, Ama Piano? Who are here? They, they, a lot of them are based in Swani. They've driven this very important genre in its uh, evolution in our province. But I want to say, Bradon, this year is celebrating 50 years since his entry into the music industry. Five decades. 